0: We are Gateway Chapel, where we build your world by his word. We stand for fun, friendship, fellowship, and family. You are listening to a Gateway Chapel message. Welcome one more time. The Lord bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for being in church today. I am so happy for you now. If you have any testimony of what God has done or is doing in your life, especially now that we've just just completed our fast last week, I want you to email me your testimony, admin at gatewaychapel.org.uk. Admin at gatewaychapel.org.uk. I'll be more than happy to read out your testimony so you can be a blessing to the rest of the community from all over the world. The Lord bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now, um, I want to pray with you with a scripture uh, which has been our focus our, our scripture for this month. Uh, it's, it's from Habakkuk. It says, Oh Lord, uh, Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 2 says, Oh Lord, I have heard your speech and was afraid. Oh Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known. I pray for you at this hour in the name of Jesus that God will make the works of your hands known in the name of Jesus. I also pray that the anointing of God will rest upon you so that you, my friend, will make the work of the Lord known. May God use it to build his church, may God use it to fill his church with souls, may God use it to friend his church, and may the Lord use it to fund his church in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Now listen very carefully, I am very excited because um, of the person who is going to be taking this service today. He is is my spiritual son and one of our ministers in the house who has been with me now for close to 17 years. (laughs) 17 years. He's seen so much of myself and this ministry. He's learned so much. We've watched him grow over the years and we are so proud of him, of the grace of God upon his life. Very proud. Powerful, powerful minister of God. So you grab your pen and grab your paper, grab your notepad because whenever he's ministering, I take notes myself and he's been a blessing to me all throughout 17 years. Now please join me and receive with me my spiritual son, Minister Bosun Onolaja.
1: Wow, thank you, Pastor Eddie, for that introduction. Um, it's a privilege and honor to be sharing the word of God um, this morning. And um, I do not take it for granted at all. Um, I've had the privilege of being in this ministry for about 18 years now. And um, it has been an exciting journey for me. It has been a journey of, of learning, a, a journey of, of, um, of experiencing God in so many ways. And um, I thank God for the, the grace upon this house, the grace upon uh, your life, Pastor Eddie, and I—I I can truly say that the same grace um, has really been extended to myself and to my family. And I say that because of of the um, the the things that we have been able to 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 achieve and to do um, using what we have learned and what we have observed here in the ministry. Um, I joined the ministry when. Um, I just finished from university, and um, I had so many um, dreams and aspirations for the future, but I did not know how how these things could possibly happen, and God orchestrated my steps into this ministry, and I met with Pastor Eddie, and my life never remained the same from the very first day I met him. Um, He has taught by example, he has taught from the Word of God. I've learned so many things just from sitting and listening to him for the past 18 years. And this morning, I will be sharing with you um, out of the many um, lessons that I have um, learned from him about God. Um, So this morning, um, I will be teaching and uh, ministering the Word of God to you. Uh, but before I go into the message, I'd like us to say a quick word of prayer. Just bow your head wherever you are and close your eyes and just um, say this word of prayer with me. Father Lord, I thank you. I give you all the praise and all the glory. Thank you for the privilege and the, and the opportunity to minister to your children this morning. Father, I pray that your spirit would speak through me in the name of Jesus, Let your people hear your voice this morning and not my voice. Heavenly Father, I pray that you use me as an oracle to speak to your children and to deliver your instructions to them this morning with clarity, with power and with precision in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I thank you and I give you all the glory. I pray for everyone seated and listening this morning. I pray that their lives will be transformed, their lives will be changed In the mighty name of Jesus, whatever it is that is on their hearts, whatever burden it is that is on their hearts this morning, Father, I pray that from your word, Lord, they shall receive clear direction and guidance that will lift every burden, that will relieve every heavy heart this morning in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen and amen. So this morning, um, I will be teaching what I have titled The Issue of Trust. The Issue of Trust. So all through this month, Pastor Eddie has been teaching us um, on a series titled, Do You Trust God? So this morning, I want to teach on a message I have titled The Issue of Trust. Every relationship with God should be built on trust. God expects us as his children, as his followers, to build our relationship with him on trust. Without trusting any relationship, there can't be love. So that means you cannot claim to love God if you do not trust him. Trust is what allows us to develop that intimate relationship with God. So when we trust God, it shows our love for him And we are able to build on that and develop an intimate relationship with him. The dictionary defines trust as firm belief in the reliability, truth, or ability of someone or something. I'll say that again. Firm belief in the reliability, truth, or ability of someone or something. So that simply means that if you trust someone... You believe that they are honest and sincere and they will deliberately not do anything to harm you. If you trust someone, that means you trust them to do what they have said that they will do. If we open our Bibles this morning to Proverbs chapter 3 from verse 5, I'll read the NIV version. Proverbs 3 from verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. So that means without trust in God, we are already disobeying the scriptures. Without trust in God, there can be no connection with him. Without trust in God, there can be no intimacy with God. And I know we all desire to, to have that close, intimate relationship with God. However, without trust, there is no way you can build such relationship. The Bible says that we should trust God with the whole of our heart, with everything that we've got. We trust God with the whole of our heart, with all that we've got. So this morning, we'll be looking at reasons why we might struggle to trust God, and then we would also look at how to build up our trust in God. But before we go any further, I want us to look at um, some role models in scriptures this morning. So these are people who demonstrated trust in God. And I think we can learn a thing or two from these role models in scriptures. The first is Abraham and his wife, Sarah. Abraham and his wife, Sarah, despite their old age, And also, despite Sarah's barrenness, God promised them a child. God promised that they would have a child of their own. Genesis 15 verse 6, it says, Abraham believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. Abraham believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. So God God appeared to Abraham and said, you will be a father of many nations. And he said, you and your wife, Sarah, would have a child or would have children of your own. And the Bible says here that Abraham believed, he trusted, he believed God, regardless of how old himself and his wife, Sarah, were. Regardless of Sarah's condition of barrenness, they trusted God because God spoke. So regardless of how long you have waited You should trust God and never give up. You should keep on trusting God for your breakthrough. Psalm 40, Psalm 90, verse 4. Psalm 90, verse 4, it says, A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night. So that means a thousand years in the sight of God are like a day. A thousand years. In God's calendar, in in our calendar, is a day in God's calendar. So why not follow God's calendar, not yours? Stop counting the years and focus on the promise. Stop counting the years and focus on the prize. Trust God to deliver his promise. No matter how long it takes, just keep on trusting him. No matter how far, no matter how long, no matter how far it seems away from you, keep on trusting God. The second role model we can see in the scriptures are these brothers, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They trusted God even in the face of death. The book of Daniel chapter 3 from verse 16. Daniel chapter 3 from verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, These boys had the chance, they had the the option, they had the choice of either denying God or facing death. But they trusted their God not to deny them. They had the opportunity to deny God and go free. They had the opportunity to deny their God and they would have been set free. But they decided, they determined in their hearts that they would trust their God And that in trusting him and not denying him, that their own God also will not deny them. That their own God also would show up for them. They trusted God no matter the outcome. So you might not be faced with death like these three boys. But can you trust God in the face of failure? Can you trust God in the face of disappointment? Can you stand and trust your God to come through for you? I remember when I finished university, and um, I was looking for a job, which is, you know, by default, the next thing to do. And after so many months of trying and rejections, and you know, my my friends and you know my um, mates from uni, all decided, okay, well, we haven't got experience, no one is going to give us a job. So we might as well make up the experience and put it on our CVs. We might as well tell lies about the experience that we've got. But I decided, I chose otherwise. I decided, well, I will not lie on my CV. I will not put lies or false experiences on my CV. I will stay and wait for the manifestation of God's favor and grace upon my life. And of course, so many of them went ahead, they got jobs within three months, four months of leaving university, and I was constantly searching, applying, facing the rejections for about 12 months, 12 good months. It got to a stage where they were all laughing at me and just making fun of me and saying, you think you'll get this job by being truthful? You think you'll get a job by being honest? Well, good luck to you. I must admit that at some point it was, it was very embarrassing. It was, it was, I was really down. I was, I, my faith was tested and it was shaken. But I decided to keep my eyes on the promise. I decided that I will not deny my God because these were the same friends that I had tried to minister to, tried to, to, to invite to church and tried to share my faith with and i couldn't just you know now make a u-turn and start telling lies and you know doing things like they would do and i decided i was not going to deny my god and 12 months later i got a job that was way better than what they had got it was way better than the jobs they were doing it was it was it, it paid more it was it had more opportunities It had more prospects. Just because I decided to wait for the appointed time, to wait for my promise and not deny my God. And today, even today, to this moment, I can boldly say that I am way ahead of most of them in the industry. Why? Because I made a decision, even though it was tough, even though it was painful, even though it was tempting, I made a decision not to deny my God. So when you're faced with options or what you would think are options, when you're faced with failure or choosing the options or suggestions of your friends, right, would you deny God? Or would you hold on to the promise of God and wait for the appointed time? So these three boys decided that they were not going to deny their God. And of course, God came through for them. God, by his own hand, shielded them from the fairy furnace that they had been thrown into. So now let's look at the reasons why we might struggle to trust God. Let's look at some of the reasons or some of the things that can, you know, try and, that can make us struggle with our trust in God. Number one, betrayal of trust in past relationships. Betrayal of trust in past relationships. So we have the tendency to extend uh, the way we perceive human relationships to the way we relate with our God. So because we've been betrayed, we've been hurt, um, our trust has been betrayed by friends, by loved ones, by family, we have the tendency to start to see God in the same light. So because you've been hurt and betrayed by others doesn't mean that you would have a similar experience with your God. God is not a man, and he does not possess the characteristics of man, one of which is betrayal. So if you've been betrayed by man, it does not mean that your God will betray you. If men have let you down, it doesn't mean that God will will let you down. Numbers 23, verse 19, God is not human that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? God is not human. God is not a man. If man has let you down, it doesn't mean God will let you down. If man has abused your trust, it doesn't mean that God would abuse your trust. God is not a man. So stop stop looking at God the same way you look at men and women around you. Man is bound to disappoint. Man is wired to disappoint sometimes. We just cannot help it. But our God never fails. He never disappoints. He never lets us down. Psalm 118 verse 8. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. Even the Bible says to us that we cannot put our trust in human. We cannot put our trust in man. But it is better for you to take refuge in the Lord. It is better for you to put your trust in the Lord. Why? Because he will never let you down. Trust in God guarantees that you will never be let down. The second reason why we can struggle to trust in God is ultra-independence. So ultra-independence, also known as extreme independence. So what does this mean? This is, this is when you find yourself um, believing or thinking, well, I don't need anybody. I can do it all by myself. I don't need any man. I don't need anyone. I can, I can pull through all by myself, all by my own strength. And this can develop as a result of experiences, past experiences, not-so-good experiences that make us conclude that none other than ourselves can be trusted. So some bitter experiences that we go through can leave us feeling like no one else can ever be trusted. So this is where ultra-independence kicks in. It becomes a mechanism of protection from disappointment, from betrayal, from being let down. So if you constantly find yourself thinking, well, I don't need anyone, I don't need anybody, I can do it all by myself, then you need to search deep within. You don't need man, but you need God. Proverbs 28, verse 26, it says, those who trust in themselves are fools, but those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. The Bible said it, not me. It says, those who trust in themselves are fools. Stop trusting in yourself. Trust in God. The third reason why we might struggle with trusting God is fear of being perceived as weak. The fear of being perceived as weak. So when you refuse to, to follow the advice of your friends, and you choose to follow God's instructions, you run the risk of coming across as a weakling. You run the risk of, of being called a coward. But don't try and please anyone. Don't try and please your friends. Don't try and please your family members. Don't try and please your neighbors. Second Corinthians twelve nine. It says, But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me." He says, "My grace is sufficient for you. God's grace is sufficient for you. For God's power is made perfect. In weakness. So when other people make you feel like you're weak because you've decided to trust and rely on your God, that means that God is set to demonstrate his power in you. He says his power is made perfect in weakness. So it is in your weakness that God's power is demonstrated. It is in your weakness that God shows his power. It is in your weakness that God shows his awesomeness. It is in your weakness that God shows his might. So let them call you weak. Let them call you a coward because you have decided not to follow their advice and you decided to trust and wait on your God. His grace is sufficient for you. So constantly remind yourself every time you feel pressured to take the advice or follow the path of your friends, always remind yourself that God's grace is sufficient for you. God's grace is sufficient for me. His power is made perfect in my weakness. So how do we build our trust in God? How do you build up your trust in God? What do you do? What are the practical steps You need to follow for you to build your trust in God. So, we've looked at the things that can um, make us struggle to trust in God. So, what should we do to make sure that we build our trust in God? What are the things that we need to do so that our trust constantly remains firm in God? The first is decision, it starts with your decision. You need to make up your mind, you need to decide that, okay, I'm going to stop relying on myself. I'm going to do away with my strength and my own power, and I'm going to let everything rest on God. It starts with that decision from your heart. It starts with you making that decision this morning that I am done with trying to get things sorted by myself. I am done with trusting on my own power. I'm doing away with ultra-independence. I'm doing away with all the betrayals of past relationships. I'm getting rid of them. I'm doing away with my fear of what other people think about me. And I'm going to decide to trust in God. So it starts with making that decision. 1 Peter 5 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Put all your trust in God, because he cares for you. God is the CEO and director of your life. You're just the messenger. As a messenger, there's so many things that you don't need to worry about. (laughs) You don't need to bother your head about so many things. You leave it to the boss to deal with. Um, I've always admired... CEOs and directors of the firms that I've worked with um, in the past years, and every time they, they, you know, they turn up and they address the company or the firm, I always you know, just wish that was me addressing um, a group of, of, of staff in my own organization. And last year, God made it happen. Only for me to realize that <laughs> it's actually easier being a staff. It's actually easier being a messenger. Because now, as CEO and director of my organization, with um, a group of people reporting into me, I now need to worry about everything. <laughs> they come up to me and tell me, OK, this is not working, or this has happened. I need to worry about it. I'm the one you know, not sleeping at night, constantly thinking about what needs to be fixed. But as a staff, you, know, you, just, you, know, you, you log in, you log out at the end of the day, and you go home. And that's, that's it until the next day you turn up at work. So now I find myself worrying about everything, including the leaks in the, in the staff toilet. So they come and tell me, oh, well, there's a leak in the toilet. I need to go look for a contractor to fix it. So why don't you take the position of the messenger and let God be the master? Let God be the one directing your life. Let him tell you what to do. And when to do it. Stop worrying about how and when and where. Leave that to God. Cast all your cares and worries and thoughts upon him. Because he cares for you. Try and suspend your brain for for, for a few months. Or suspend your brain when it comes to God. And let God take care of all the issues of life. The second way we can build our trust in God, so we've spoken about decisions, you making that decision. The second is communication. Communication. You don't have to see God to trust him. (laughs) And in fact, the day you see God, the moment you see God, (laughs) you don't need anyone to convince you to trust him. But right now, whilst on earth, You don't need to see God before you trust him. But you need to hear from him. You need to hear from him for your trust in him to be built. And this can only happen in the place of prayer. Prayer and communication with God. When you pray, you talk to God. And God also speaks back to you. So prayer is a two-way relationship. Prayer is two-way communication. And as you practice this regularly, you will get acquainted with his voice and his presence, knowing that he is always with you in every circumstance. And as you get acquainted and used to it, your trust develops and gets stronger and deeper in him. So communication is very important. Jeremiah 33 verse 3, He says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Without communication with God, your trust in him cannot be developed. So without communicating with God and hearing back from him and knowing that he is there and involved in your life, you cannot develop your trust in him. And the third way of building our trust in God is through his word, through the word of God. Here we need to saturate our minds with the word of God. The more you read about God in his word, the more you trust in him and the deeper your trust in him goes. The more you read about God in his word, the more you begin to learn and know about him and your trust begins to develop. Psalm 56 from verse 3. Psalm 56 verse 3. It says, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God whose word I praise. In God I trust and I am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? He says, when I am afraid, I put my trust in him. In God, whose word I praise. In God, whose word I praise. So this is the psalmist telling us here. That in God, whose word I praise. You need the word of God. You need to make sure that you you, you soak yourself in the word of God, saturate your mind with the word of God. Let everything you think about be based, based and built upon the word of God. Let every thought that comes to your mind, let it, be, let it, be, let it be, be filled with the word of God. So the word of God is very key in order for us to build and develop our trust in him. And number four, testimonies. Testimonies are very, very important. When we listen to testimonies, when we listen to other believers share their testimonies and tell us what they have gone through and what they are experiencing, when we hear other believers that have gone through the same circumstance or the same whatever it is that you are currently experiencing, it helps build your trust in God. The Bible encourages us in Psalm 145, To declare God's goodness to each other. So Psalm 145 verse 4. Psalm 145 verse 4. It says, Hearing others share their own experience helps to fuel your trust in God. As we hear these testimonies declaring the goodness of God, it helps us build our faith and trust in him. So, when you hear other people's testimonies, testimonies from people that have experienced the breakthrough, that have experienced the might and power of God, and you connect with whatever it is that they've been through. So, you might be in a place right now where someone else, someone else was, or someone else might have have been before, and they're sharing their experience and how God delivered them. It helps to build your trust. It helps to strengthen your trust in God. So testimonies from others can help develop our trust in God. And number five, our community. (laughs) Our community. The community you find yourself in or the people you surround yourself with will determine how far you would go in trusting God or would even would determine if you even ever trust God at all. So you need to make sure that you place yourself in the right community and surround yourself with the right people. First Thessalonians 5.11, it says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. It says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. So place yourself in the right community. Place yourself in a Bible-believing church. And if you're a member of this church, place yourself in a connect group. Place yourself with like-minded people. Place yourself with people who trust in God. If you find yourself constantly surrounded with people who do not trust in God. There's no way you would develop your trust in God. And even if you trust in God right now and you surround yourself with people who lack trust or faith or believe in God, it's only a matter of time you will join them. So make sure you surround yourself with the right people. Place yourself in a community of people. Surround yourself with people that will build your trust in God and not destroy it. I remember when, um, just a few months ago, we um, put in an application for, for my son's um, school, uh, for reception class. And um, t- about two years ago, we changed um, my daughter's school, so the older sister's school, um, to um, one of the outstanding schools in the community we live in, in the area we live. And we felt this was where we wanted both of them to attend because it was a great school, um, it was known for out- to, to be outstanding. So when we got admission for her, it was very competitive. It's, um, it's a school where the year group has only 30 children. Um, so it's highly competitive and almost everyone <laughs> where we live, wants to go to that school. So you can imagine how, you know, how tough it was. But God came through for us and our daughter got in. And of course, we wanted our son to also get in to the same school when it was time for him to go to reception. Uh, we knew that, again, it will be highly competitive as usual, but we put in the application in faith. And we trusted that the same God who did it for our daughter would do it for our son. So we put the application through. And of course it was time to just wait for, um, for the uh, list to come out where people would um, discover which schools um, they've, been, um, they've been offered. But whilst waiting, <laughs> it was so interesting. Um, everyone that asked about you know, which school, we, um, which choice of school we made for our son, everyone that asked and we told, okay, yeah, this is the school we've chosen, they all said, oh, wow, what's the guarantee that he's going to get in? How, what's going to happen if he doesn't get chosen? I remember the first person that, that said this, um, I thought, okay, well, I would... I wouldn't say much about it. I'll just let it go. And I said, well, we'll just keep trusting God. And then another conversation with another family friend, and they asked the same question, exactly the same question. What if he doesn't get in? It's a very competitive school. Have you got plan B? Have you got options? Are you going to have to, are you going to be stuck with um, doing school runs in two different schools? And I decided, okay, I'm going to say something this time. And I said to this family friend, even though they're friends, I said to them (laughs) with a very straight face, the same God that did it for our daughter, his older sister, would do it for him. And even if he doesn't, we don't care. We don't have a plan B. And I think this friend got the message (laughs) and she just kept quiet. But we decided to keep our trust in God. We decided that even though people are making suggestions, leaning towards the fact that he might not get him, we decided to put our trust in God. And we also did something. We decided, okay, we're going to stop um, having these conversations with people. We would only have these conversations about our son's school with people that we know will boost our faith and enhance our trust in God. And not try to to shake our trust in God. So make sure you do not surround yourself with people that will pull down your trust. Surround yourself with people that will help you build your trust in God. Surround yourself with people that would help build your trust in God. Not help pull down your trust in God. Your community is very important. The people you surround yourself with is very important. So... Just to recap, how we build our trust in God. Number one, we make a decision. We make a decision in our hearts to want to trust God. And number two, communication. Communication in the place of prayer is very important. The more you communicate with God, the more you will hear back from him. The more you speak to God, the more you hear his voice. And that gives you the assurance that yes, God is there. And that further strengthens and deepens your trust in him. And number three, the word of God. Saturate your mind with the word of God. Make sure you fill your mind with the word of God. Dig into scriptures. Find out what God says. Find out what his word says. Find out, read about people that had demonstrated trust in God in the past and look at their experiences. Look at their, look at their outcome. Number four, testimonies. Listen to testimonies of believers. Believers that have gone through the same circumstances, the same challenges as you. Listen to their testimonies. It would help you. It will build you up. And then lastly, place yourself in the right community. Surround yourself with the right people. People that will build your trust and not destroy your trust in God. So whatever it is that you're going through, whatever your current situation or circumstance I want you to know that God has the master plan of your life. At the end of the master plan is a prosperous future. At the end of the master plan is a bright future. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. God knows the plans he has for you. God has the master plan of your life in his hands. And he says here that those plans are plans to give you a hope and a future. There's a song that we sing um, that says, we're going to see the victory of God that the battle belongs to him. And there's a phrase in that song that says, I know how the story ends. I know how the story ends. This scripture tells us how the story ends. The story ends with a bright future and hope. So put your trust in God. We will certainly encounter issues and challenges in life. However, we need to develop the habit of absolute trust in God. No matter what it is that we go through, no matter what it is that you're going through, God will bring total transformation. God will bring a turn around. Trust in him and hold on tight. Thank you very much. I hope you have been blessed by that message. Now join me as we welcome back Pastor Eddie.
0: Wow, that was a very powerful message. I mean, I love what he said there, what Mr. Bosu said about ultra-independence, you know, situations in our life that make us conclude that other people cannot be trusted. And the funny thing is that the moment we start thinking and believing that other people cannot be tr- uh, uh, trusted, it's really a matter of time that we can begin to look at our God from, uh, from our lenses and our perspective of the way we see our friends. Now, remember, God is not a man. God is not a man that he should lie, all right? I want to just thank Mr. Boss for such a powerful message. And well done to you you as well for taking notes. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about us at www.gatewaychapel.org.uk. Remember to subscribe so you'll never miss another message like this one. Be blessed.